0: Times, still forget what might have been because the lady did alright this time around we again get what could be described as the best seat in the house for the continuance of one of the most compelling stories in Australian show business history with a wonderful leading lady and a fine supporting cast of heroes and others prologue New York 1999 well here it was finally the night i'd waited fifty years for my new york debut. it wasn't how i'd pictured it at all i was standing in this glorified broom closet they laughingly called a dressing room on the wall as hanging space are a couple of hooks on which seemed to be the costumes of a cast of thousands the only chair was covered with more clothes on the diminutive shelf in front of the dusty mirror where I hoped to lay out my makeup, reposed the stale-smelling remains of a meal left by my yet-unseen shared dressing-room companion, performing at that moment in the earlier show upstairs. Knowing it could be days before the kitchen staff came to remove the dishes, the artiste's free meal is not high on their priority list. I promptly removed them at arm's length, out into the narrow corridor, heading for the kitchen, edging past people lining up for the restrooms, excusing myself in a whisper, bobbing my head up and down and in my nervousness for some mad reason, suddenly going all toothily British, like Joyce Grenfell. Excuse me, may I just squeeze past there? Thanks, awfully groping my way. Where the hell's the kitchen? Hoping none of these people are going to be in my audience. Oh, I saw her downstairs. She's the limey waitress. This is actually all very familiar. Nothing's really changed. Upstairs in the main room where I'm to perform, one of New York's smartest restaurants. Down here, well, the dressing room's just a bit smaller than Chequers was in Sydney in the 60s, that's all. Welcome to New York. In the original scene that constantly danced in the movie screen in my head, I was young, eager, full of ambition, ready to take my shot at the so-called Big One in The Big Apple but the dressing rooms were much more glamorous. In my dreams I was Judy Garland, Doris Day, Betty Grable and Lana Turner, all rolled up into one. All through my adolescent years, right from the time I was an usherette in the back stalls, gazing transfixed at them on the screen, trying to look like them, sound like them, I guess I was no different from millions of other kids all over the world. I constantly visualised and dreamt of the day when I'd be up there with the best of them. Oh, the scenarios would change from time to time, but the goal was always there, sometimes in the background, sometimes in the forefront of my mind. The road had definitely not been smooth— There'd been a few detours along the way. A few? (laughs) At times it seemed I was never going to get there. After several false starts, a few head-on smashes into life's brick walls, and some very silly mistakes. Somehow through it all, an unseen, gentle, guiding hand was waiting to pick me up and set me back on the road again. When I started out with the arrogance of the very young, I figured that with a little luck and a modicum of good management, I'd reach all my life's goals by age thirty. Already at twenty-four, my name was up in lights. Or, if not by thirty, which from where I stood was quite old, at the very outside... I'd reach them by age 40. Tops. At least that was my plan. But as I found out a few years ago, we make plans and God laughs. Now he...